Let's cut through the mainstream financial advice out there. This is your quick financial tip from your rich uncle. And then you have 45 days after the, the date of the sale to identify some um, other replacement properties. And you just can't uh, identify every single property under the sky. There's a, there's a limit. <laughs> That's right. Um, structures, uh, there's really three primary structures. There's forward 1031 exchanges. That's where you're selling first, buying second. Uh, that's, again, what I said before is that's 97% approximately of the transaction volume out there. Uh, there's reverse 1031 exchanges where you are going to buy your replacement property first, and then you sell your relinquished property later. So it's it's the exact opposite. In today's market, that actually makes a lot of sense because you're buying first. You can take all the time you want to go out and find the right property, uh, buy it, close on it. They're more complicated because we have to take title to the property, uh, we as the qualified intermediary. Um, so get this a little complicated there. Then there's improvement exchanges, which we kind of mentioned. So going back to the forward exchanges, that's again 97% of the of the transaction volume out there. And there's a number of ways of doing that. You know, before the Starker case, all of the 1031 exchanges were concurrent, which means the sales and the purchases all closed simultaneously or concurrently on the same day. And that's kind of like herding cats, trying to get everybody to move together and everybody get their their ducks lined up in a row, and then closing concurrently can be challenging. So today, most of them, because of the Starker case, are now considered delayed exchanges where you sell your relinquished property first, and then you have 180 days to close on the purchase of your replacement properties. In today's market, though, it gets a lot more complicated. You sell first, you trigger your gain, and then what if you can't find replacement properties that make sense? It's a hot market. You're getting multiple offers, bidding wars, et cetera. Um, if, you, if you sell first, you're in your 45 days, you're trying to find property and you make offers and you, know, you don't win the bid, um, you may end up with a failed exchange. It becomes taxable. Yeah, so, so the that, reverse ex- oh, let's kind of pause there because and, and, you know, we're talking about the 45-day rule. Um, so you sell the first property. And then you have 45 days after the, the date of the sale to identify some um, other replacement properties. And you just can't uh, identify every single property under the sky. There's a, there's a limit. <laughs> That's right. In fact, when I got into business in the early 80s, we'd have clients who'd call up, and this is before the regulations came out, so we weren't sure what the answer would be from the IRS, and they would ask, can I identify the, you know, like the Los Angeles County Multiple Listing Service, and it's like, yeah. no, that's probably a little too broad. Yeah. So that's right. That's you have 45 calendar days to identify, and most people use the three property rule. So you can identify up to three properties with, probably with the intent to buy one, but you could certainly buy all three if you wanted to. Yeah, but I did. Um, I think I did like the two hundred percent rule because my mm-hmm. on my exchange I had like a I think it sold for four fifty. So I walked away with one hundred fifty thousand or two hundred thousands of profit. But then, um, you know, I I think I identified a ten or twelve properties or something. How did we get to that number? Yeah, good question. So with the you know, usually um if clients are uh really trying to trade up in value by buying one property, they'll use the three property rule. When they're trying to diversify, like you did, then you're gonna sell one or two probably and buy multiple. 
the three property rule is not going to work because you're going to want to identify more than three like you did. So then we use the 200% and that's 200% of your sale price. So in your case, if you sold for 450, 200% would be 900,000. You could identify as many properties as you want as long as the total value identified is not more than 900,000. So you just double the sale price of your relinquished property. So even if you're, you're the amount that you profit, like for me, it wasn't very much of the 450 because I still had a lot of uh, loan left over. But even if you have a lot of, uh, if you 100% cash, 80% cash in the deal, you're still up, only allowed to go up to that 200%, which I think is a little. That's right. Yeah. Yep, that's exactly right. That's right. And, and that's why in some cases, people are going to buy one property of, of greater value. So they'll use the three property rule because the, the three property rule has no limit on the number of value. So even if you sell for 450, you could buy or identify three properties and each one could be, you know, a $10 million value and it would still be okay. Under the 200% rule, there's no limit on the number of properties, but the limit is on the value. So it's either or, whichever works better for the investor. Okay. So there's just two, two kinds of rules to follow there and then yeah there's two rules and there's one exception and that is if you identify more than three properties and you identify more than 200 percent of the value technically your identification wouldn't qualify the exception is if you actually go out and acquire and close on at least 95 percent of the value identified it'll be, the exception will apply and it'll qualify for tax deferred exchange treatment. So if you identify $10 million in assets, you're gonna have to buy and close on 9.5 million to satisfy the 95% uh, exception rule. So it's, you have to be careful if you close on less than 95%, that won't apply and your whole exchange will be disqualified. So that's probably designed more for people who are doing a portfolio acquisition. Right, right, okay. So um, you've got the 45 days to identify those those replacement properties. And then you've got um, the 45 day rule. In my opinion, that's the hardest. That's by far the hardest uh, constraint you have to fall in here. And Lane is not a lawyer CPA, but the dude did quit his engineering job and now owns thousands of rental properties. Learn more about the secrets of the wealthy. Join our community at thewealthelevator.com slash club. And if you're looking for a longer form podcast, also subscribe to the Wealth Elevator podcast.